Welcome to Imperfect Action with Brock Edwards. And of course, this is the podcast where we look for ideas and inspiration to help all of us take that that first step or that next step. And today, my guest is Don Burke. Don, do you mind introducing yourself to everyone? Oh, gosh, it's my pleasure. Um, I'm Dawn Burke. Uh, I run Dawn Burke HR. Uh, it's an HR and leadership consultancy uh, where I really help teach people, uh, leaders, executives, HR pros, um, really about the modern worker. Uh, modern work meets modern HR, I say, and uh, what we can do to help retain that modern worker. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I, I know, Brock, that um, we've known each other for a, a, a long time now um, through social media channels. Um, I, I write for Fistful of Talent. Uh, I write for Dawn H. Burke. I write for other uh, industry blogs. And I know that's how I met you. So I, I'm thrilled to be here. Truly am. Well, fantastic. Well, we're just going to jump right into it here. So uh, actually, big question for you. So you've had uh, a couple different parts in your career. I mean, you've been internal and now you've moved external to being a consultant. And uh, well, I guess my, my biggest question, you know, when we think about the entrepreneurs or the business leaders of the world, where do you find they normally trip themselves up the most? Okay, so yes, huge question, Brock. And one thing I want to tell you, and certainly your audience, is that I'm pretty much an open book, and I, I really am uh, very comfortable with sharing my story regarding ups, downs, insecurities, things I've done wrong. And when you told me that the title of your podcast is Imperfect Action, if there's somebody who who absolutely uh, manifests herself as imperfect, it's me. So, so I, I hope I can bring bring your listeners a little bit of insight in a real kind of raw way. Um, so, first of all, I think it's important. Um, to set a little context, you know, you're right. I, I was a almost 20 year practitioner um, in HR, and most of those were in leadership roles. Um, and then I, I went out on my own. And um, I think the first thing that's really important, Brock, is I, I never really self identified at the time as an entrepreneur. Um, and I think that mindset when you're going from a, a corporate environment into a consultancy, working for your own, et cetera, that was something that, that was interesting when people said, well, you're an entrepreneur now. Um, I, I didn't self-identify that way because I hadn't really decompressed from all of those years of working in a, in a, a, a non-entrepreneurial, for lack of a better word, environment. Um, so I think, I don't think that was a misstep. I just think that was one of those aha moments I had afterwards. And, and when I really did some self-reflection, the truth of the matter was, is yes, yes, I, I've been operating as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, um, and, and really then focused on what's that mindset. Yeah. So, so actually let me just change my question. Maybe we'll come back to that one, yeah. the first one. But, um, so for you, what's different between saying, Hey, I'm a consultant or Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, not a whole lot, but here's here's some of the things when you talk about entrepreneurship. And um, also, I think it's important to say with self-reflection, I really was operating in a very entrepreneurial way, even within a corporate environment. You can do that, and I recommend it. Um, entrepreneurs, um, they have a motivation to, a passion to do something bigger than themselves. Typically, that's a mindset of an entrepreneur. A consultant, it might be just, hey, I want to give you some information. I want to take on a little bit of your workload. I'm going to help you, you know, outsource some stuff. Entrepreneurs usually have a passion to do something or change something or make an impact that is something bigger than just something self-serving. So I think that's an important distinction. 
Um, entrepreneurs, they like some flexibility. Um, they don't necessarily want just the typical eight to five. They kind of thrive in a little bit of risk environment. Um, I, I also think uh, that entrepreneurs at, at, at some point, though, because of that flexibility, um, they, they definitely want to forge their own path. Um, they're OK with that. Um, and sometimes that means they want to also reap some financial rewards from taking those risks. Um, so I think there's some nuance there between consulting and entrepreneurship. So how did it change things for you to start thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur versus just being self-employed? <laughs> right, right. Um, well, I think I really had to get really crystal clear on how comfortable I was with those differentiators. Mm-hmm. One of the things I found is, yeah, when I first got into the the consulting slash entrepreneurial space, I really had to ask myself, am I okay not having some of that support that I was so used to? Um, and frankly, sometimes the answer is no. Um, I want that support. You know, sometimes you miss that support. Um, when I had to figure out what was my... Um, you know, my um, different platforms going to be. I had to do my website. I had to figure out, do I want Gmail or do I want Microsoft Office? Do I want the, you know, some of those things that I didn't even have to really spend any mental energy on before. Um, I, I now had to do, there's no choice. Um, right. I, I think um, also uh, I had to um, look to see if I had the motivation to do a lot of this on my own. Um, I'm somebody, Brock, as you probably know, I, I'm an extrovert. I have some introvert tendencies, but I am at heart an extrovert. Um, And I really do get energized by working on teams. I get energized by working with people and bouncing ideas off of folks. Um, And so I had to get deliberate with making sure I had the motivation to keep moving forward primarily on my own, but also making sure that I was very intentional on staying connected whether it's attending conferences, speaking engagements, or just having a couple of times a week lunch with peers, clients, friends, mentors. Um, And those are some things that in the corporate environment, I was fairly intentional with some of those connections, but now I had to be. Uh, So I'm not sure if others, well, actually, I know others go through that because I ask folks. They're like, yeah, doing stuff by yourself is great. And it's also sometimes very lonely. Absolutely. And you, you hit on something important there that's you, you go from having a very specific job function to having to be an expert in absolutely every aspect of business. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because one of the lessons, huge lessons that I, I learned in transferring from, um, and, I, and again, I, my story is went from supportive corporate environment to now I'm on my own. Um, uh, one of the things I had to do, and I'm just now getting after 18 months, now I'm finally getting to is, is really going from in my corporate environment, I was responsible for everything under the HR umbrella. I was responsible for the strategic decisions. I was responsible for recruiting, um, social marketing, training and development, comp and benefits, um, employee relations I, I was for everything. So you have this mindset of how do I pilot all these things? What I found in the type of work I'm doing is that I had to get and still am continuing to hone a specific niche, a specific purpose, a specific area in which I can truly dedicate energy to. Because frankly, unless I decide to go into having a five person practice, which maybe I will, um, or something much larger than solopreneurship, you can't do it all. 
And going from the, hey, I'm doing it all, kind of enjoying doing it all, and then to a point where you just absolutely get burned out in a corporate environment from doing it all, here there's no choice. Um, in my opinion, you got to get that purpose. You got to get that niche. You got to get really clear on, on really who your audience is um, and what you're trying to help them with. Um, and that's taken me a long time to do. Um, t- it took me a, a, a very long, much longer than I would have liked for it to have. And, and that's where some others, I would say, if you're ready to make that plunge um, before you leave a corporate environment, do a little of that pre-work. I'd say do a little of that pre-work for sure. So what prompted the change for you or, or how did you go about that transition from, you know, a, a two decade long career um, into saying, hey, um, maybe I'll go do something else now? Well, yeah, no, I, in, in the spirit of, again, of being forthright and authentic and truthful, um, really ostensibly it was a layoff. Um, hmm. So what's interesting here, I worked for an organization First, I worked for an organization for 10 years. And then the last organization I worked for was as a VP of people was for almost seven. And at that time, the company was going through, which many, many people who I speak across the country, Brock, and, and, and a vast majority of the audiences have been going through mergers and acquisitions. Um, mm. And that changes kind of the dynamic in some ways. And that was what was going on in my organization. Uh, I had been through something like three to four mergers or either it was uh, mergers and acquisitions, long story short. So I was to a point where I was feeling burnout creeping in and I was starting to plan an exit. Um, so that was, was very good. The company, as most of you have been through, also though through these acquisitions, were having to make significant uh, financial cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so although it was something that I was planning and my leaders knew. The only thing that I, was a bit shocking is the layoff came very quickly, much more quickly than I had anticipated. So in some ways, I was thrown into it um, and willingly. Uh, but that's where sometimes for those of you who've been through a layoff or a change, or sometimes you're just in a work environment where there's a certain point where you wake up at 45, 46, 32, 24, it doesn't matter. And you go, you know what? I need to change. Um, sometimes the abrupt nature of it can be very motivating. Sometimes the abrupt nature of it can be a little bit, I guess it kind of can jog you a little bit like, wow, I I really need to set focus. Um, so that's what prompted me to get into it. But I think it's important for your listeners to hear this as well. I was positioned very well to lead, even if it wasn't on my timeline, um, because I looked at my job within the corporate environment as an entrepreneur in and of itself. Um, I was fortunate that I worked for an organization where I was able to self-develop within in, in ways that would help the organization by speaking, by writing, by being able to um, you know be involved with my local networking chapters and take leadership roles there. So I had a network. I had done that work for a decade. I had other reven- um, avenues in which to um, flex my chops and learn and, and frankly, earn some revenue. Um, and so I think it's really smart for professionals, no matter what your um, background is or whatever your industry is, modern workers and the modern workforce and modern organizations really do demand that you start to look at things in an agile, flexible way which you can do those sorts of things under the umbrella of a corporate structure. Um, I don't know if that's been your experience or what others have gone through, but that's been my experience. 
Well, it certainly sounds like, you, you know, as you mentioned, you, you were set up well. You already had a life going on outside the company. Yeah. Um, you, you, had, you had thoughts, you had interests, you had connections. Um, I, I don't think you would have had any trouble just going into another company versus, sure. versus go, going on and consulting. And, you know, I, I do think that's where a lot of people get tripped up sometimes is they, you know, by the time, um, oh, Harvey McKay wrote, wrote a book once and I forget the title, but it was basically, I think it was Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. You know, <laughs> right, sir. You know, and, and it was a book about networking, and it was really just the idea that you know, if you start networking after you need to, it's a little too late. They really, you know, that should just be how you're operating. And I don't think of it as networking; I just think of it as connecting with interesting people. You know, people yeah. I want to learn fr- learn from, and um, you know, and then that's how you and I have crossed paths years ago. And you know, I I think that that does help when you're put into a career transition because it's interesting. You think about it. There's a lot of jobs out there where you can think, Hey, you know, <coughs> my, my job can't go away. Right. Cause the company, oh, right. the company needs this function. And while that's largely true, you know, like HR director, like, yeah, that's probably not going to go away. Oh, until there's a merger and you only need one. Right, um, sure, you, sure. you don't need two VPs of HR. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of jobs like that. So, so it sounds like you were already, you know, well positioned. You already had interests. You already had connections, um, sure. and yet, what was still this this kind of shift? Because it is a different way of thinking about it. Then you do have to think about the mundane things, like okay, Google or Microsoft. You know, um, right, how yeah. do how do I advertise? You know, what do you know? You can't just say, "Hey, I'm great at HR" or whatever your field is, and Bye. the world come to your come to your door. You know, there is a benefit to being specific about what it is you do and what what your niche is. Um, what are some of the things that you've learned in this transition? Oh, sure. Um, well, first of all, I've learned, this is still a work in progress, but I've learned at some times to take a beat, just mm, what do you, to take some what do you, time to think, to breathe, to really, as opposed to just jumping in and doing, doing just to do. Now, don't get me wrong for a lot, many months, I was just kind of going from the kinetic uh, um, energy from a corporate environment or Dawn, Dawn, I, Dawn, me, Dawn. I am somebody who didn't realize this until I was starting to get burned out. But a lot of the times I was just packing my day with so many activities within work and outside of work. Um, But I wasn't really that intentional on why. Uh, Maybe it was because I liked it. It maybe is because I enjoyed some of the notoriety of doing it. And I use that word lightly. Some of it was, I think, just to maybe mask having to do some deeper work about uh, maybe some burnout I was about to experience or or thinking about transitioning out of corporate. Um, But I think what I it took me a long time to decompress and to really look at I have to plan in my time and in my days some time to rest and think. Um, because what I was doing is I was just taking the same energy from the corporate environment and without changing some habits, going straight into the same pattern in the entrepreneurial or solopreneur environment, which in this case, I had the control to change that pattern. So it's amazing how I had people just don't think about that. Um, I, I think when you talk about advertising, this huge, okay, this is a huge one. Um, at some point I finally said, because I'm somebody like you who I'm fortunate that I write a lot of content. Um, so I, I have probably more than, than most, some, some avenues in which I can actually get my brand and my message out. The problem is again, I was sending it to everybody. I couldn't do it all. 
Um, and finally, I had to actually hire some help. So the second thing I'd say is admitting to yourself what you, you are failing at. In this case, I was spending a lot of energy writing stuff, but was not positioning it in a way that would get leads. Um, and that's important. It's, you know, you got to make money. You need to make business and you got to get focused on that. Um, and one of the people, and I'm going to give this person a shout out because y'all need to, to get her on your team and hire her, is Katrina Kibben from Three Ears Media. Um, she's somebody who's helping me with this. Um, and one of the things she said to me was this. She said, Dawn, when you're thinking about advertising to folks, um, whereas before you were talking all about yourself, sharing your thoughts and stuff, now in this case, you have to make your message to where the person who could, who is um, ingesting the information, you make them the hero. Again, it's more than just saying, here's the problem I can solve for you. I can solve for you, as opposed to it's, Here's what I can do to make you a hero within your organization. And, oh, man, that was an aha for me. It just shifts the focus on, on who is the person that's going to be the star of their show. Oh, it's the person who's calling me for help, and I'm going to make them be the star of that show. Um, and, and ultimately, you're still serving the same purpose. I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. I'm here to share some stuff with you so you, client, can be self-sufficient. And if one of the outcomes is, is they go away and don't have to hire you again, which this is counterintuitive to some folks, they don't have to hire you again, that's not a loss. It's not a loss because you still have done some purposeful work. Now, smart entrepreneurs would then find a way, though, to say, hey, and if you need help with phase two of this project, or if you need help with just a little more X, Y, and Z, here's where I, I, I can help you. Um, so looking at, at the, the, the content and the advertising in a way that's making them understand how they can be a hero in solving their problems, boom, that's gold. That's gold. So there you are. Excellent. Well, what was uh, Katrina's company again? It's called Three Ears Media. Three Ears Media. She is somebody who is really an expert in recruitment marketing. Um, but certainly that crosses over into just helping folks, entrepreneurs with their own marketing, even if it's outside of the recruiting realm. Um, she's got the chops. She's got the heart. Um, she was one of the first um, content folks at Monster years ago when nobody was doing content, when nobody was thinking about recruitment marketing. Her and another gentleman named Matt Charney really started that. And she's now just taking taking that on her own. So shout out Katrina Kibben. Oh, three years media. She's great. She's great. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So uh so so your your lessons were to to take time to think and breathe and really be able to, you know, admit what you're failing at, being able to take that hard look and and hire out or do something different around it. Um, and that, that's kind I mean, of a tough, sp- yeah. I mean, that's kind of a tough spot though. Cause well, when you're starting out, you often don't have a lot of resources behind you. And, you know, I, I think there's also, you know, in that there's just kind of this myth that you should be able to do it all. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like not only am I good at business, but I'm good at sales and I'm good at marketing and I, I can set this up and solve all the world's problems and do it in less than 24 hours a day. Right. Sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that, that doesn't happen much. So, so I appreciate kind of those hard truths of no, you, you do need to step back and think, okay, where, where can I add value and where do I need to get someone else to handle this for me? Oh, right. And I think it's okay to really de- de-stigmatize the word failure. And people have written about this and people have talked about it a lot, but it bears repeating. 
anybody who's goes into entrepreneurship usually is an A plus personality who, whether they're an introvert or extrovert, they want to get stuff done and they don't want to fail. As a matter of fact, they might've gotten into entrepreneurship because they saw other systems that they've worked for fail. But then all of a sudden you find yourself failing. Um, and so it bears repeating, um, destigmatize, fail, fail fast, get help where you need. Um, and you know, do what you can. Now here's where I still need more help. You know, I'm not an economist. I'm not a financial expert. Um, but I did have to, to, to run some basic budget. I had to do budgeting in my organizations. Um, and there is a, a, some people would say this, because one of the things I did is I looked at my networks for a lot of help. And a lot of people would say, it'll take you three years to make money. All right. And I think that's pretty standard average. Um, that being said, unless you can take out a loan, unless et cetera, et cetera, um, you really, a lot of times are going to have to, through sales, finance your in- investment in other help. Um, so be judicious with it. Um, know there's so much free stuff out there. So start with the bootstrapping. There's free, pro- I mean, G Suite, pretty much free. Um, there's a lot of help there with technology. Uh, uh, and, oh, something that I use is called Wave Apps or Wave for all my financials, all my, my invoices, et cetera. Bootstrap as long as you can. Um, and in that time, another good friend of mine who was a consultant for years said, um, and his name's Charlie Judy. He um, now is the president of a division of Question Pro, and they have a culture platform called WorkXO. So check that out. Um, he told me this. He said, Dawn, at some point, cut through the crap, and you just got to get clients. Quit overthinking all the other stuff. Go get a client. That's the imperfect thing. That's why I love the title of this. You don't have to have all of your systems locked into place before you can go out and start honing clients. So cut through that crap and do that. There, then you can finance. Not only will that help you finance when you do need to invest in stuff, which you will because you can't do it all, but it also helps get your chops up and build your confidence. Um, and, um, and I think that's, that's important to know as well. Um, so fail fast, know when you need help. Bootstrapping's okay. There's a lot of free resources out there, but then you need to fund the help. Um, and I'm going to say this because, again, I like to be forthright. I, I don't have children. I wanted ch- kids. It didn't happen. So I was lucky that I had already saved some money. I had some resources, financial resources available to, to make some of these investments earlier than most. So lesson number, I don't know what we're on, four, five, six, seven. Um, if you've got a corporate gig and you decide to go into entrepreneurship, like I said, do some planning and I do some saving. I do some saving. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, again, I think it's a myth, you know, you kind of, kind of jump off the cliff or learn to fly on the way down or, or the other common <laughs> one is, you know, burn the ships. So there's no yeah. retreat, you know, you have to move forward in. And, and that sounds, you know, very, uh, romantic, very, in, very in, noble. independent. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, unfortunately, I never mentioned the other side is that when you don't have a, a course for retreat, you know, sometimes you have to win and sometimes you just die out there. And oh, you know, yeah. so, I mean, you some, already got enough you're dealing with. I mean, there are some people who, man, they've got the swagger and they've got that, they've got that um, confidence almost to a point of maybe being narcissistic a little bit, but I'm not, not, you know, I don't like narcissists, but Hey, you get what I'm saying where they can go out there with the swagger and be able to just, Oh, burn that stuff down. And I, d- I don't have a plan B and I'm going to go in, in, in an entrepreneurial mindset. Sometimes that's really good. I wasn't one of those. 
I was one that had self-doubt and overthinking. Uh, um, and, and I think there's probably a little more of us in that category than you would expect. Um, so, I mean, a little planning never hurt anybody. <laughs> a little planning doesn't hurt. No, no, not, not at all. And, you know, having those resources set up so there, there there's at least a cushion is, is really bit. helpful. It, it's hard to do your best work when you're in a panic. Um, now in you, you know, and I, I love Charlie Judy's advice of just, just go get a client, <laughs> you know, because you, um, I heard one guy refer to it once as sharpening his pencils, you know, he was getting ready to start oh. his business and, you know, he'd been getting ready. He'd been getting ready to get ready for about 18 months. And, you know, it would just, never pulling the trigger. And at some point it is just, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. Go get that client. Um, yeah, figure, get them. figure it out as you go. Um, so well, well let me oh, ask and, this. I have to, and I have to say this, I'm totally interrupting you. I realize that the other thing that I learned here is that the clients you get, they want, they need you. Another friend of mine who is, um, was a longtime practitioner in healthcare. And now she is in healthcare, like information systems. And now she works for a consultancy. I asked her for her advice and she said, Dawn, the reality is, is you know more than you think. You've got 20 years of experience and rest assured they're reaching out because they need your help. So, uh, uh, you you know, you want to be sure you're truthful and honest about things you can do and can't do, but they need your help and you've got the help to give. So I really had to get in a mind, that mindset as well as to help um, shave down the self-doubt. Because we all have self-doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, when, when I was a consultant, I referred to, to that kind of as being expert by default. And what I meant <laughs> by that was, is, you know, even if I don't feel like I'm an expert in it, I'm more of an expert than anyone else in the room. And that's what they're paying me for. It's um, true. It's true. And, you know, but that's a mindset. Did, was, did you have, did, did it take you a while to get that mindset? Or were you just like, hey, yeah, I got it. You, you know, actually, I, I, I had the cushion of I, I was working with another consultant, so it wasn't, oh, okay, yeah. wasn't me pushing on my own. But, you know, I realized and I was pretty early in my career at that time. I was like, well, I don't know everything about this, you know, in that that moment of insight of, yeah, and I don't need to. I mean, the more that I know, the more helpful I am. But in this moment, I know more than anyone else in the room, and and that's what they need from me. Yeah. And one of the things that I have to give another shout out to somebody who's a friend, a mentor is Chris Dunn. Um, he's another person you should have on your show. If you haven't, I think, you know, Chris, obviously you do. Um, he is, yeah, get him on the show. Um, he's a CHRO of kinetics HR, which is a RPO uh, recruitment process outsourcing and an HR consultancy. Um, and he is somebody who I've written for fistful of talent, which he's the creator and editor of. Um, but you need to surround yourself. He's somebody who's been an advocate of mine for years. Surround yourself with a handful of people who really believe in you and are your advocates. Um, not everybody's going to be that. And when you leave a corporate environment, it's amazing how many people who you believed were your advocates just disappear. And it's not because they don't care. It's because you're now, now not with them every day. Um, but, but Chris is somebody who embodies that kind of career agent. Like I'm here to help you and you're going to help me. And he's somebody who I've been able to partner with. Whereas, uh, as far as, um, whenever he, he needs a little help with something, I can help him and vice versa. So I would say as an entrepreneur, once you figure out what your niche is, then surround yourself with people who can partner with you, whose niche might be a little different, but they might be a bit of a vertical. Um, and then, uh, 
again, so that's been a great business relationship for us, but more importantly, we're advocates of each other. And throughout your professional career, it, it's, a, it's a rare thing. So if you can get three people, five people, that's all you need of people who really are like, I believe in you. There's trust both ways. And you know what? I'm here for you. I think having that emotional and professional support is huge, huge. Oh, I, absolutely. There are a couple of people out there that I, I feel like I owe royalties to for off of my career. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Chris, you're going to get a nice Christmas present this year. Hey, you and Angela, you just, you know, I'm thinking up something good, but Hey, least I can do is, you know, maybe I'll make you a cake. Who knows? No, <laughs> but you know, I think that's a really important that that's so that social support and that real, um, uh, I think just, I'm trying to think of a word that's just more meaningful than social support is, is really important. Yeah. Yeah, de- definitely. Absolutely. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's, it's, it's more rare probably than, than it should be because we feel like we're surrounded with those people, but once we're out of sight, out of mind, it, you know, and, and you know, it goes, it goes both ways. Cause I can think of people where I said, yeah, we'll stay in touch when they leave the organization oh, yeah. and then, you know, never hear from them again. And, um, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, as we, we wrap this up today, Don, a couple quick questions for you. One, how can people find you? Oh, absolutely. So my, first of all, feel free to just, um, email me at, uh, D Burke, B-U-R-K-E at Dawn Burke, HR.com. Yeah, I know that's Dawn Burke HR. Took me two months to come up with that consultancy name. Can you believe that? Um, and everybody laughs at that because they're like, me too. Um, yes. <laughs> also, yeah, and um, my blog is dawnhburk.com. And you can get to my blog through my website, which is, are you ready? It's dawnburkhr.com. Um, also, um, I speak across the country. So um, more to be announced for 2019 um, gigs. Um, I also write for a great blog called fistful of talent spelled as you would think it is. Um, look me up on LinkedIn. I'm there. Um, and Twitter is at Don H Burke. So hit me up. Excellent. Well, you know, one of the reasons I was excited to have you on the show today, Don is, I mean, you come from an HR background, and not everyone relates to HR and, but you have this entrepreneurial spirit. Um, it, it's more than just the, the field that you're currently in, you know, just the approach, yeah. the approach and the ideas and, uh, you know, anyone in any field I, I think can, can learn from that. And so question I, I always try and ask all my guests is how can the listeners help you? Ooh. Um, I love to hear best practices you're doing of being any of the listeners are doing as far as uh, solopreneurship is concerned. Um, I am still uh, imperfect. I'm going to continue to throw out that word. I love it. Um, I still am learning. I'm big on uh, self-development. So just any best practices people have. I think that's great. I'd love to hear stories. I love to share stories. So if you've got a great story that you would love for me to share on my blogs or social networks, that is also extremely helpful to me for sure. Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Don. Oh my gosh, Brock. It's great. It's great to hear from you and congratulations on the podcast. Thank you. Hey, thank you for listening to Imperfect Action today. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was. What 
what are you going to take from the show and put into action in your life right now today to help you move forward? Hit me up in the comments or on Twitter. I'm dying to hear how is this show helping you to move forward? Now, one of the things I want to mention was that today's episode was brought to you by Nutrafit. Now, I tried Nutrafit's whey protein supplement after meeting the founder and hearing about his journey and his commitment to quality. I like to support up and coming businesses, so I gave it a try and I was really amazed at it. Now, I've had a lot of different protein drinks, but what made Nutrafit different is one, that it mixes immediately and also that the chocolate flavor actually tasted like chocolate. You know, so often they taste that like some kind of chemical engineering science project rather than just like food. And on top of that, Nutrafit has no artificial sweeteners, colors, or preservatives. Plus, it includes probiotics, and I find it to be easy on the stomach. Now, the true taste test of it all is that my teenage daughter even likes it. She often has a shaker cup in the morning just on her way to school. Now, there are a lot of supplement brands on the market, but I do want to mention that Nutrafit happens to be my personal favorite. And as a listener of Imperfect Action, you get 15% off of any order. When you're at checkout, after you've picked out your products, just use the code TAKEACTION. And that's written as one word, just take action at checkout. Now, my personal favorite, and I'm not trying to influence you here, but is the double chocolate whey protein. And you can order right on Nutrafit's website. That's N-U-T-R-I-F-I-T-T. There's two T's in there. So Nutrafit.net. And let me know what you think.